is your treatment of women in need of a deep cleansing. Hi, I'm William Shatner, and nothing says quality quite like the Rambling Beachcast and Mass and Gilt products. I love Mass and Gilt products. This week's episode of the Rambling Beachcast is not brought to you by Mass and Gilt products. Seven, seven out of ten douchebags everywhere prefer the scent of Mass and Gilt. Just aim the nozzle, spray, spray, a little higher, spray. Then that strawberry scent means your days of tipping women over, calling out their names, pushing them into lockers, they're over. So grab a 40-ounce bag of the gill, and it works every time. It's episode 25 of the Rambling Beachcast. We've gone silver. There's some silver streaks in the hair. That's all right. A lot of love left in this old dog. You know, in college, Nick... Always did prefer his men with a little salt and pepper. <clears throat> I'd like to thank David Brooke for being our guest last week. You can follow him on Twitter, at NoSocialize. And also Donald Trump for whatever the hell that was. Our special guest this week is Alexis Simonetta, a fellow writer and contributor to Adventures in Poor Taste. You can follow her at the Lexi Luthor. We had a lot of fun discussing women in nerd culture, and of course your listener questions about tattoos and movie remakes, and let me tell you, if you are a pool peer, Nick has a few choice words for you. Nick is at NickNafster79, and I'm Seth Vaught at Basebone1, and that avocado pearberry scent wafting into your ears means Massengale is kicking off the Rambling Beach cast right. I was at McDonald's yesterday next to a guy who was with his family, and he chewed with his mouth open. I swear to God, I, it is the closest I've come to public violence. Like, I just wanted to stand up and, like, hit him. I feel bad, but, I mean, he's probably a nice guy. But it's like, Was it your usual McDonald's? Yes. Was the ice cream machine uh, broken? No, 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 no. They've been on it. They've been on point with the ice cream machine. I think they're tired of hearing that problem, like... It's a thing now. Yeah. I'm going to try to move this somewhere. The new thing is the coffee machine not working. They're coffee. Something. We've got a new seven-year quest then. That's uh, <laughs> another another seven seasons of Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. This is, this is as usual. It's Nick and Seth. Seth, um, it's good to hear you again. Seth Seth has been radio silent for about the last week. I usually hear from him a lot. Have you been busy, Sethy? No. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you're just a jerk. Yeah, and, I'm just a terrible person. And then joining yeah. us today is one of my fellow Adventures in Poor Taste writers, Alexis Simonota. I, is it Simonota or Simonota? How, what way should I say it? 
Simonetta. Simonetta. Okay, so I, either way I had it was wrong. Yeah. Okay. So, Alexis, are you glad to be here? Is this like fulfill one of your bucket list items or? It. Um, yeah, exactly. This is well, my lifelong dream. That puke bucket sitting <laughs> right next to right next to you. All right, so I need a bucket. <laughs> part of the reason I'm 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 bringing Alexis on. We were talking about this the other day. Alexis, I helped to get her hooked on a series called Nailbiter, which is one of my favorite series. And like I knew it was one of those things where like when I read it and then I talked to Alexis, I'm like, you know what? She's gonna really like this series. I could just tell. And I was I was correct, right? Love it. It's fantastic. I won't say who because it's a friend of ours, but one of the people who who found out that she read it, one a person that we like, who's who's a very liberal, very forward, progressive thinking person, when she said, you know, oh yeah, I really like Nailbrighter, his response was, "You read that, right?" <laughs> now, here's the thing, and and I mean, come on, you can't say that's not. I don't I don't think a male gets that response. Yeah. And and look, I'm one of those people I, I hate when people like I think there's a problem in this country where people like to be offended like they there's actually is they've done studies where like some people for being angry or offended. It lights up the same parts of their brain that cocaine or methadone does for other people. Okay, <laughs> So I think I, I think but I mean, in this case, it really is. I mean, it was surprising. And I don't say that to put myself here on, on display. There's a there's a woman at my school who. Not only is she a really good teacher, but she's really into fantasy football. And when she told me that she was into fantasy football and she was drafting and she said, you know, like, well, what's your advice on the draft? Like if you had to pick and my first instinct and I feel terrible about this, my very first instinct and I, I suppressed it was to mansplain why you should pick a running back instead of everybody else. I was like, well. The first thing you want to do is a running back because they have the most points. Now, I stopped myself from that. I said, you know what? I have no evidence that this person knows more or less than me. So I just asked her. I said, well, how long have you been playing? And she was like, oh, like five years. It's like, oh. And then we were able to just talk about it there. But my first instinct was that. I feel bad about it. That's just how it was. Really Luckily, I, I, yeah. <laughs> so what, do you, what is that? Like, Alexis will ask you on this here. Like, where do you think that comes from? And stuff like, you know, pop culture, sports, comics, you know, and Alyssa says the same thing happens to her a lot. Another one of our female writers on uh, Adventures in Portes. Like, where does that, where do you think that comes from? Because I don't think you can say it's just chauvinism, because I'm not chauvinistic. And I even had that instinct to just pop. Well, you don't, so. I mean, speaking in nail biter sense, you wouldn't think that a female would want to read about something like that. I mean, that's even coming from me. I mean, it's, it's not pleasant, but the writing is fantastic and I enjoy the stories, but. I don't know. It's just females like bunnies and unicorns and such. I think it's just kind of a, a mindset. Well, okay. So let me, because Seth, you're the next closest to a female in this group. So <laughs> you tell me, what do you, what do you, I mean, where do you think that comes from? Every other weekend, I'm, I'm a female. I think you, when you're dealing with nerd culture, you know, we're so far out in left field or right field compared to the general public as it is that I think there's bound to be some kind of reaction where you, know, you mention a topic like My Little Pony. And if you said, yeah, you want to see my My Little Pony collection? Everybody would look at me and go, you're into that? And that reaction in and of itself isn't necessarily sexist or chauvinistic or misogynistic or mansplaining or woman'splaining or anything. It's it's genuinely odd because it's not the normal 
and so I, I think we have to maybe do a better job of differentiating between uh, when we're genuinely mansplaining something and when we're just actually genuinely curious. I don't know. What, yeah. what do you think, Nick? Is is that? Do you think there's a line somewhere? Because I mean, it's the the reaction of when a beautiful woman, you know, likes something that we nerds like. You know, we have a tendency of we're the neck beards. Uh, we're you know the you know overweight guy in mom's basement who likes, yeah, you know, who's maybe probably pretty introverted, a little socially awkward uh in in most situations and we have this reaction of oh you're into that i think that's different than you're not allowed to be into that okay you, but like but like that's like alexis with nail biter that didn't really cross my mind with you you know I, after talking to you for a while i was like well i don't know maybe it's just maybe maybe 10 years ago maybe i would have reacted that way but i just knew after talking to him like i think you're gonna really like this i i don't I don't know that part. I had, like you said, you didn't think, I mean, I don't know. I, I didn't see any type of gender, especially since one of the main characters is a woman and she's awesome. Wouldn't walk up to any woman on the street and say, Hey, you should read this. You, you well, got to my... do that to a guy either though. Yeah. But I mean, you, you figured out my personality and you realized that I was going to enjoy that, but you yeah. would do that guy too. Um, I just think it's a little more interesting when a woman likes things like that or, or something that's not in the norm uh, because we're not used to it. Just like yeah. the My Little thing. Like, Seth, I'm sure that My Little Pony is awesome, but, you know. You can yeah, be it's a odd. It's, yeah. just, it's, it's, it's not that it's sexist. It's just genuinely odd. Yeah. yeah, but, I mean, like, even with superhero stuff, like, I don't think people realize, like, if you look at the numbers, like, the the there's actually more women right now reading comics than men. If you do the gender, now it's not by much, but if you gender crunch sales, like women are a bigger market, and yet it still feels like comics are generally marketed towards guys. I'll never forget uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick one time, uh, the one who wrote Bitch Planet. Uh, she was complaining on Twitter because someone had told her an executive was like, "I think we've reached as many women as we can in this market for this book, for some book she was writing." And I mean, uh, I was like, "What?" Like, I mean, even if you're completely sexist and backwards from a business standpoint, that's just not a sound strategy. You know, like over half the market for comics right now are, are women. So I don't know. I just don't see. I'll admit sometimes it's surprising, but like uh, I, here's the time where I knew things had really changed. I know this makes me weird compared to. Well, Seth, I don't know how you feel. This, but I know, Alexis, you're a big Doctor Who fan, right? Yeah. OK, I, I don't watch it. I don't really know much about it. And one day I was teaching lessons to a student, and this was a very typical popular girl, you know, blonde, blonde hair, blue eyes, all the guys like her girl. And she was wearing a shirt that said, say no to Daleks. And I, I didn't know what it meant. I was like, what does your shirt say? She was like, oh, my God, Mr. N, you don't know what a Dalek is? I'm like, oh, and she explained to me not just what it was, but the mythology behind it. And I was like, OK, there's a shift here culturally, <laughs> you know. So, I mean, maybe maybe it's just, but I don't know. Maybe that's always been there. It's just now we with so much media, uh, you know, it's just kind of the same way. Like, we sort of push guys. Like, if you go to Target, I guess Target's finally gone away with this, but if you go to any store, you know, the girls' section has all pink stuff and frilly stuff, and the boys' section has all trucks and monsters. But maybe if you don't push a kid towards that from the start, it's it balances out in a different way. 
Now, do you think she was like questioning your nerd card or something, or was she just outraged no, that you didn't? Was, I think she was just genuinely, genuinely surprised that someone didn't like Doctor Who. Well, it's more of a pop culture thing now. It's out there more than it it used to be, so that's probably why she was so shocked by it. I mean, it's not something did, you don't see. And did you yeah. just automatically question why she liked it? No, actually, I was just kind of surprised. And that's not the only, like this past year, um, before Star Wars The Force Awakens came out, a couple of guys, seventh grade boys, were like, uh, I think it comes out in like January. And one of my seventh grade girls, you know, was like, oh my God, it comes out. And she's like listed the date exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm so it's like, oh, go ahead, Lux. No, I was just, all your girls sound the same. Is that every girl at the school? Oh every, my God. <laughs> Every quest, yeah. every conversation starts the same. That's that's every seventh oh grade girl. Gosh. Those 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 stories are about seventh grade girls, and I, that that'll be where I do become chauvinistic. I think is I think that's how every seventh grade girl sounds. <laughs> Did you forget your bassoon read? Oh my oh god! My god. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. That is probably how it goes. But I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Now, Alexis, have you ever besides that one incident we talked about? Have you dealt with that ever? Where like like I know Alyssa has talked about being talked down to with comics like she'll want to read something with superheroes and all They're like well what about this comic about emotions and she's like no I want to read. like have you have you ever been talked no. down to by like you mansplained it basically by a nerd like well you shouldn't like this try this instead not really i haven't really ever had that issue but also i also don't really listen to people that are jerks so i just kind of go about my business but what are you uh, doing here talking to us no i'm just joking well <laughs> gives me something to do on a thursday night yeah, um, but no, I, I've really never had an issue with it. Um, I get the look, like the you like that, really. Um, but it's never been like, why do you like that? Yeah, I think there's a lot of overreaction by people when you get that answer when you say you you're into that, and then they automatically think that you as a man think that this woman cannot be uh, into He Man or Masters of the Universe or Thundercats or whatever is like typically reserved for boy territory. I, I just don't take those comments like that. I just kind of take them as, yeah, I am. You want to talk about it? There you so, go. No, I was just saying a lot of times they just think I'm cool and they want to keep talking to me. So that's the I biggest was, thing. Well, people know, thought I was cool. No one. Cause cool. you know, like I said, we, we nerd guys tend to be introverted. We tend to be kind of socially awkward. And so when we see like an attractive woman who's, into things that generally attractive people aren't supposed to be into, then we get excited and we get nervous and we're like, you don't like that. You don't really like it. You can't. It means my fantasies might come true and I need to go home now. <laughs> All right. So on that, on that, no, we're going to, we're going to dive into questions. We have a lot and Alexis, I'm glad you're on for this one. Cause this is a, I, I actually, previewed this one for Alexis because I don't know. This is a really good question. This comes from, once again, the incomparable, the beautiful Mary, who may retake her title of best question. because This is really good. Now, it starts off weak. She says her, her favorite band is called Parachute, which they're hit or miss with me. She thinks they're great. Uh, they sing the song White Dress, if you know that one. No. Okay, never mind. So is that anyway, the one where the toaster is making love to the microwave and it's yeah, all no, like the, no. 
electronic bleeps and bloops and farts and whatnot? No, it's, no, it's not dubstep. It's like, so, anyway. So, okay, so one of her favorite lyrics from it, she's pregnant right now. She's, in her, she's like less than a month from due date. After she has her baby, she wants to get a tattoo on her right shoulder that says, <laughs> like, love, love's right behind you, which is one of their lyrics. And she wants it in the lead singer's handwriting. She knows the lead singer. She's met him before. Okay. Is that why she's uh, pregnant? No, no. This, her, <laughs> hus- her husband is special forces. If that was the case, you'd be, he'd be assassinated. Hey, I, you never know what people are into, you know? Her husband, and at first I was like, no, but then I thought, huh, he kind of has a problem with that. He's like, you know, I don't feel really good about you having a lyric like that written in this dude's handwriting. It's very attractive you know, quasi-famous dude's handwriting on her shoulder. And I mean, he's not telling her no, but I don't know. It is weird. So Alexis Alexis has a fair amount of tattoos, which I think is cool. I know some people are split on that. I, th- I think it's awesome when, like, people have tattoos. So Alexis, I'm going to let you go first on <laughs> this. Gotta burn I don't, in hell. I don't, <laughs> I don't know how to answer but, that, Mary. Like, That's tough. If the lyric doesn't have really anything to do with her and her husband... I don't see an issue with it being in the lead singer's handwriting if it means something to her. That was kind of what I was reading into. Like, if it's something that they have something, like her and her husband, like have some sort of meeting between, that's one thing. But if it's just a lyric she likes from a band that she likes, I I don't see why it would be a a huge issue. And it, it means something to her. I always feel like if you get a tattoo, it should mean something to you. And if it's her favorite band, her favorite lead singer, whatever, if, if that's what she wants, get it. He doesn't really have to like it. Well, I know he doesn't, but I can, I know I'd be jealous if I was in her, in his, her husband's yeah. situation. I'd feel kind of weird about that. It's not like, like it's not like, like the lead singer <laughs> is going to like tattoo it on her himself with his magic wand or something. It's now by magic wand. Is this a euphemism again? Or are you just, can you see my air quotes, magic wand? Oh, no. Magic wand. (laughs) See where he would be upset, I guess. But coming from maybe maybe her mindset, it's her favorite band. It's her favorite lead singer. She really likes this quote. She really likes his handwriting in this quote. I I don't know. Are they, like, friends or does she just – she met him? Like, that's what I – like – I think it's one of those things where she's like, oh, I should have asked her this. I think it's one of those things where she's like a fan friend. Like they've taken pictures together and she always gets backstage passes. Oh, yeah. Now, here's, I mean, she's a very attractive, she's a very attractive girl. This guy's a very attractive dude. And, and, you know, I don't know. I could see how her husband could maybe feel that could just make him feel a little weird. I'm not saying that she shouldn't get it. Okay. I'm so just if- saying I understand how her husband could feel weird about it. If they're actually friends and they're hanging out outside of shows, Rarely. I, that would be an issue because okay. that's another dude that, that is your you know friend. That would be like me getting your handwriting on my shoulder and, you know, my, my husband. Of, you know, I mean, like, yeah, like my future husband would not want to see your handwriting on my shoulder. Um, well, he better get it, used to it. No, <laughs> I had a big, big crayon, just a big, you know, all capital letters. I want you to write sparkles. Okay, sparkles. Um, <laughs> like, if it's really just a lead singer in a band that she likes, I don't see a huge issue with it. Now, if it gets to the point where there's three or four of them, if she's got, like, Mick Jagger was here <laughs> tattooed around you know, the, <laughs> with an arrow pointing down you know, on one cheek, and then... Oh, dear. <laughs> kid, 
Kid Rock when Kid Rock was oh, still, you know. That's just that's just bad. Yeah. No, but I mean, yeah, accidentally I mean, Kid Rock. Yeah, I can definitely see why he'd be a little upset. I I also see the reasoning for her wanting to get that done. Yeah, if I were him, Jacob, I wouldn't prefer to tell you what to do if you're listening to this. If I were him. I would, I mean, I mean, you can't tell her not to do it, you know, and I mean, but I would say it's like, look, if you want to get this fine, but it really makes me uncomfortable. Has he talked to her about it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, it's kind of a, a issue of debate right now. Yeah. If it bothers you that much, be honest about it. And your significant other should take into account your uh, your desires. I agree. If, it, if it's going to cause that big of an issue. They, Pick your battles. Some, yeah, there should be some sort of way to come to a compromise with that at some point you're going to do something that you need you know like to cash in that card like honey i wrecked the car but you have all all that goodwill that you squandered by getting that (laughs) tattoo you remember that time i get that tattoo yeah yeah i mean (laughs) my thing is i know that like i don't know I, i would just say mary i I mean, get it if you really want, but I, I think it's it's going to make Jake. I don't think Jacob's being unreasonable by feeling that way. Now, if he said, no, you're not going to get it because you're my wife. Okay, then he crosses it unreasonable. But the Your body is my canvas. But <laughs> the fact that he is, like, uncomfortable with it, I don't think that's unreasonable. Now, it doesn't mean he can't get it, but I think you should take that into account. You're getting something there that's going to make him feel uncomfortable, and justifiably so. I, that and, might not be the answer. That's how I feel. And in 30 years, think of how that that handwriting is going to look. It's just going to kind of melt and sag into someone else's. That's It'll awful. look like Lord of the Rings kind of squiggle on the, you know. <laughs> Don't agree with that at all. I don't think shoulder skin does that. Get it Go if ahead. you want. <laughs> Listen to your husband. If he's upset, just be nice and, you know, keep the house happy. Especially if you're about to have a baby. All right. So here's another one. Now, we're going to change modes completely here. Uh, Tracy Matthews, who's the person who helped me lose a lot of weight a few years ago, personal trainer, asked, have you ever picked out the wax from your belly button? My answer to that is a very shameful yes. I have done that. I can't help it. It's something. Yeah, I've had it happen before. I've never gotten wax in my belly button. I sure have. It's I don't know why, but I have belly button. Yeah, I don't know why I've had that happen, but I have. I've picked. I mean, them. like, I mean, I've picked like some lint out or something. No, no, this was this was wax. Uh-uh. That, that's never happened to me. Well, thanks for making me feel bad, guys. But that's what are you yeah. growing down there? <laughs> you want to come find out, big boy? Well, I, <laughs> I, it ain't nothing I haven't seen before, but <laughs> I mean, yeah, I like know, new crop each year, you know. Yeah. Today we're know. growing corn. If if something is gross, I have to like. One of those people that has to like pop things and poke at things. No, not, but, but like I'll give you an example. This happened to me once. I was playing paintball, and when I play paintball, I wear a cup, which people think is weird. But it's like, well, I don't want to get shot there, so I wear a cup. The and correct term is cod piece, Nick. Yeah. There, <laughs> if you're co- if you're cosplaying as a Halo character, you <laughs> call it a cod piece. So, so yeah, I don't I don't want to wear uh, you know I don't want to get shot there. So anyway. I'd been playing and I was like really sweaty and it was hot outside and I came back in and I, I take out my cup and my first thought was, Nick, you don't need to smell this and see how bad it is. Before I could stop myself, I did. And it was one of the worst things ever. And then what did it taste like? 
Where's my vomit bucket? That's gonna that's gonna stay between me and the cup. But <laughs> but no, but I it's something that's gross. And yes, I, I have had wax in my belly button. I don't know why. Maybe something's wrong with me. You should probably WebMD that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh no, I have cancer. Okay. So this one That's like the from... second suggestion for everything on WebMD. It's like, <laughs> man, yeah, my back hurts. You have cancer. You will die. <laughs> this one comes from Dorothy Smith, who asks, if you could remake any movie, what would it be and who would you cast? Why'd you pick the movie? And would you keep it the same or change anything? Well, we've already remade Star Wars. They just remade Ghostbusters. We talked about remaking an, uh, an all-female Predator movie last week. What would I remake? I wonder if they could remake Jaws. Ooh. It'd be a challenge because that suspense, you know, the cat's already out of the bag. But part of the reason that movie was so successful was because the suspense of not seeing the shark up until the, like the last, what, third of the movie? Yeah. I'm, I wonder if they could do that again. And still have the same effect. Who would you cast? Who would I cast? Mm-hmm. Well, of course, it'd have to be like Chris Hemsworth to uh, yeah. appease. Yeah. Who was it last week? Who was all about the Chris Hemsworth movies? Um, that was David. That was David's David's girlfriend, Lisa. And Benedict Cumberbatch is the shark, <laughs> since he does all the <laughs> villains and everything. <laughs> Um, you were smog, right? Okay, yeah. Um, let's have you put on the costume. We'll get you in the tennis ball suit. I'll just do the voiceover or something. What would you? What would you do? Lord, I have no idea. I was thinking like Field of Dreams, something like that. That's one of my favorites. Shut your mouth. That movie does not need to be remade. It is perfect as is. Oh, it's perfect. (laughs) But I mean, like, I don't know any kid right now that has, has seen that movie. Now, baseball doesn't have the same effect as it as Not it once did. Do it anymore? Maybe Mighty Ducks, but that was awesome too. I've got one. I would remake Flight of the Navigator. I can see that because that movie does not hold up well at all. But I remember as a kid watching it, thinking it was incredible. And if you could update the effects and get the uh, the kid who played um, Mike in Stranger Things. The main yeah. kid, you know, get him to play the kid, and oh man, I think that would be awesome. Why not just it, keep the same kid from from the movie before? He's got to be like what, some forty year old washed up, yeah, you know, hooked on cigarettes and whatever drugs or something. Reprise his role. That would that, and and here's the thing: you could get Paul Rib- Paul Rubens, Pee Wee Herman, to do the voice again of the Navigator, or not the Navigator, the ship. Just what year is that from? That was from eighty something, early like eighty four. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen that. You never seen Flight of the Navigator? No. Oh, it's awesome. Well, it was awesome. I don't know. It was. Yeah, there's yeah. a little bit of childhood nostalgia coloring those glasses, probably Nick. Yeah. What about? I um, can't remember the last time I've seen it. What? What about? Uh, there was another movie I was thinking might. Now I can't remember. It was another like '80s movie that was good back then, but now you watch it and you're like, oh. The Never Ending Story. Don't. Never Ending Story like that. No, that would be... They're doing Pete's Dragon now, which I think is pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. That looked good, the trailer for it. I mean, if you think of anything that like Jim Henson did, like anything the Jim Jim Henson's Creature Shop did, and, and what a... Yeah, or Labyrinth, or you'd have to get like a hologram of David Bowie. 
the, the, the reanimate the corpse of David Bowie. I'm sure it's still got some juice in it. Oh, okay. So <laughs> this real. one, this one comes from Michelle Ruopoli, who is Lauren Ruopoli's mom. Lauren's going to be our guest host next week. But Michelle asks if you could make any emoji besides the middle finger one, because everyone says that. If you could make any emoji, what would it be? Create an emoji. I want the eye roll where the eyes actually roll. Yes. Dang. Or like you got that. Yeah. That I want clockwise that. motion. Or like the side eye where it's really the side eye, not the smirk. Yeah. Like oh, the side eye would be good. Mass side eye. Like I need that one. What about you, Seth? I want one for like righteous fart, where the <laughs> it's like a cloud of gas that has a knightly crown on it, and he draws its sword and smites some other lowly fart and puts want, it in its place. I don't know if this would be in good taste, but like I know when I'm really frustrated, but I'm trying to keep a brave face, I'll put the smiley face emoji with the gun emoji pointing to the head. And like, if I could have an animation of that, of the gun firing, <laughs> that would be, that would be my emoji. <laughs> and missing, missing somehow. Like you just, like, you just can't, can't even do that right. This day sucks. <laughs> Like a bang your head on the table one would be a little more PC, I think. Yeah, that'd be good. Where it just kept going and then got bloodier and then <laughs> bloodier and then. Okay. Um, Dark fest. This, this is going to go. This is from um, Dorothy Smith's wife. And this was disgusting. I thought the belly button wax would take the cake as most disgusting question. What bothers me about this question I'm about to ask is I knew the answer immediately. But Alex Smith, who's the artist I'm working on Hill House with, asked, if you had to eat poop, what type would it be? And my first thing was, what do you mean by type? He goes, well, would it be human poop, some type of animal's poop, and what consistency, runny, diarrhea, you know, hard poop? My my first thing I thought was, as long as it's got corn in it cause I, or grapes, because yep. I know it'll have food at least in there. Remember, you have to eat poop. So as long as it's someone, it's someone who ate corn or grapes. Yeah, is there anything that eats corn exclusively? This question is disgusting. But, I mean, <laughs> like cat poop, okay? I guess I'd go with that. Ew! What's wrong? <laughs> Why would we... No! <laughs> oh, I would eat the cat before I would eat the poop. Now, wait, if you could wrap the cat poop in little Tootsie Roll wrappers to try to trick your brain into thinking you were eating that? Can I wrap it in bacon? Well, that, that makes anything taste good. There you go. Is there anything that... that... Throw up. <laughs> Is there anything that we already eat the excrement of? No. Don't people use bat guano for things like bat poop? Oh, oh. what's that coffee made out of the the cat poop? What? There's a there's a really yeah. uh, Oh, it's uh Kofi Luwak or something? Why? And it's it's the beans have been yeah, digested and they collect yeah, them. process through the animal and then they crap them out and then they send, sell them at an exorbitant markup at yeah. Whole Foods. Oh, good <laughs> Lord. Oh, can we move off this question? I'm like seriously getting nauseous. It's disgusting. Really? Belly button wax? Come on. But that's so much worse. <laughs> uh, this next question comes from David Brooke. This is the. He, this was we didn't lab. address what texture we would prefer. Just normal poop because if you make it runny. No. Well, like, do you, do you like the we consistency of a good Indian curry? I, I, I like that consistency. Like cottage cheese, kind of. 
Or uh, only on pancakes. I like cottage cheese on pancakes. You're disgusting. <laughs> Instead of the same color as an Indian curry. Okay, so here's another question. This is from David Brooke. If you could only read one comic or one comic book character for the rest of your life, but it can't be a Marvel or DC character, who is it? Is Sandman a DC character? I guess um, technically. Technically, yeah. Vertigo. Just like, it, it, just like the Star Wars stuff is now a Marvel. Because I would, I would select something from the Star Wars universe to, to read. Mine would be something Neil Gaiman. Yeah, but yeah, those are so we can't. Those are out because they're technically Marvel and DC. Boo. Well, I'm a lifelong Conan the Barbarian reader, so that one's You're covered. That was pretty. I easy could probably I could probably live off Tank Girl for a while. I think we could all live off Tank Girl for a little while. Sure, good. <laughs> I think. I wonder if hmm, uh, Brody from um, Bodie. I mean, from from. Uh, Lock and Key, the little kid from Lock and Key. I love him. Yeah. I You're really I, into little kids lately, Nick. What's you know going what? on here? You, you can die. No, but um, that that character, just all the adventures and stuff he gets into and all, maybe that might be. Because every, every episode centered around what he was doing and his adventures, those are always the best ones in the Lock and Key series. So either that or Mark from the series Postal. Any of you guys read the book Postal from Image Comics? It's really good. It's about this town called Eden, where it's it's filled with with former criminals, and uh, and Mark is the son of the mayor, and and he has Asperger's syndrome. So like he he processes everything like completely concrete. Like one one episode, like someone sends a, a, a box and it's the head of some of someone's brother. And like Mark opens it, and he's like fascinating. He's like they use this type, these type of flowers, so that it would dampen the smell of decay. That was his first thought when he saw the, <laughs> the box. So I think he would be him or or Bodie from uh, Lock and Key for the rest of your life, huh? Well, I mean, look, it's a it's a tough call, but that would be where I'd have to go. This is starting to trouble me, Nick. Okay, Mark is Mark Little. is an adult, so you can like deal with it. Okay. Uh, next question. This one is, I, I begged, I begged Lizzie to go with, well, I didn't really beg her, but I wanted her to go with, she had two, she'll use the other one, but this one, I th- I don't think she believes it. She was like, I'm just curious what you guys would say. This is a question many people have asked. I don't think I've ever spoken to either one of you about this, but you can usually tell a lot about a person by how they answer. Do you believe 9-11 was an inside job that the government perpetrated 9-11? I'll go with my answer first. The, the cabinets in my band room have not been built yet. They've been promising. Yeah, this does have to do with it. They've been promising for a year and keep messing up. Uh, the post office has messed up things for me repeatedly. If you remember when the healthcare.gov site launched, it was a disaster. I don't understand how the same government that can't get its, you know, its daily operations correct could people think could possibly pull off something that complicated and sophisticated and have the apparatus in place to keep it all under wraps the payroll for that alone would be astounding so no i believe it was just a case of us not believing intelligence reports and we were asleep at the wheel and it was terrible yeah i think if you if you believe it was an inside job then i got a moon landing tape that i can sell you faking that too yeah i i I agree i'm gonna go with no We, we have too many of our own problems to bring more in yeah 
Okay, this one is from an anonymous person. However, I'll have to tell you guys when we're done recording. Alexis, you won't know who this is. Seth, the person who inspired this question, you'll see why it's anonymous in a minute. The person who inspired this question, you and I, you've never spoken to, but you have spoken about on the show. Uh, the question someone asked, they said, is it okay to pee in the swimming pool? Asking for a friend, right? Well, here's what she said. My answer was an immediate no. And she goes, well, you should tell my daughter that. I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) So so is it okay to pee in the swimming pool? I don't I just came to terms with peeing in the shower about three years ago. (laughs) I wouldn't do it until about three years ago. I don't think I could. I don't think I could cross to to swimming pool. That's just. Too I always bad. I always feel proud when I do it in the shower. Like I've successfully multitasked something, <laughs> and I've saved myself twenty five seconds of my life. One thing helped me push me over the edge is Karen admitted to peeing in the shower. I thought <laughs> she can do it. If you got that athlete's foot, you got to do what you got to do. I mean, I would say definitely not in a public pool. Wait, so you think it's okay to pee in like a like a home pool? I mean, if you're the one cleaning it, ew. If you're the if you're that the means only you're swimming one, in your piss. Even if it's only you, you're swimming in your pee. Well, you're already swimming in pee. I mean, everyone else has already peed in the pool anyway. You're just adding to the stew. I mean, if you don't think people in a public pool are peeing, you've got other problems. I'm sorry. Now have pooping. You, have you been to an ocean before? I mean, everything pees in the ocean. You'll be fine. Yeah. The oh. amount of chemicals and stuff they put in there. I mean, urine is sterile anyways. So what's the... Uh, I don't see what the what the big deal is. Just a little pee, Nick. You'll be okay. You'll, you people are disgusting. You disgust <laughs> me. Terribly. Oh. Let me see. Let me pull Dave. Because David got mad. Oh, yeah. his uh, Lisa Allison, his girlfriend, asks. And he's like, you didn't answer this one last week. And so we have to. Uh, if you could pick any decade to be a teenager in for the rest of your life, what would it be? How old are we thinking here? Because that's a wide range for teenager. You wouldn't want to be an 18-year-old in the 60s. Let's say 16. 16? I would want to be 16 in the 50s. Why? Man, you think of all that rock and roll craze that started up with, with Elvis and then the Beatles after that? Maybe. What about you, Alexis? I would probably go 80s. I think I'd fit in really well to the yeah. Wall like, Street cocaine culture, or <laughs> you know, I like to party. Yeah, I think. Oh, I don't know. Maybe might have to go. Uh, might have to go early. The nineties weren't bad, man. I mean, when we were teenagers, it wasn't. It wasn't that bad. Can you? If can I go back? That's the thing is, if I can go back with like everything I know now. I don't think that's how it works. Yeah, I don't think so either. <laughs> Oh no, though I think I think maybe the '80s. I think it would just be fun, but I, I'm probably being too nostalgic about it. But I think it would be fun to be a teenager in the '80s. Just you know, I don't know. The optimism during that time just seemed a lot more present than it is now. I'm probably just completely projecting that. Well, but, some of the thing about teenagers today, right? A 16 year old who was born in 2000, and some of the advantages that they have growing up with all this technology. Uh-huh. Like, you know, there are like three and four year olds with better hand eye coordination who kick our butts in video games. But then you're stuck with the phone, you know, phone in front of your face for most of your life. There'd be some advantages there yeah. to be a teenager now. 
then again, I can't imagine going back to high school and having to do work like I mean, high school again, like the idea of having to go to chemistry class and then biology and then sit through Spanish two or something. I would not have the patience for that anymore. Hmm. Here's another one. Um, okay. This is a good one. This is from Aaron. She asked this one again and I'll just tell right now, my answer is a big hell no. If you have a dream involving a former significant other, a romantic dream involving your former significant other, do you tell your current significant other about it? No. No. <laughs> you don't. You're just inviting trouble. Uh, Nick, I, Nick, I have something that I need to tell you. <laughs> no, I don't want to know, Seth. I don't want to know. That's a ter- Would you want your significant other telling you that? No. I mean, Oh, no. my God. I had a dream yeah, about that. <laughs> I don't. And that's the thing is, there are times Karen has woken up. She's like, I'm just going to warn you. I'm a little bit bad at you. And I'm like, why? She goes, because we had an argument in a dream last night. I'm like, I didn't do anything. I can't help. <laughs> I did in your dream. You know, so, yeah, I don't want to. Yeah, you can't. Yeah. <laughs> Take the dreams out of it. I don't, Seth, you haven't answered. Would you or, or, or in your dream, you pleased your significant other. So you wake up and say, hey, you owe me one. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> You're a disgusting human being. Yeah, get me back later. Yeah. You're a terrible, terrible human being. <laughs> what? This is, comes from Lauren Ruvoli, who's our guest next week. Uh, what is either your personal worst or the worst you've heard? I have a feeling for Alexis, it's going to be the worst you've heard. For Seth and I, it'll be the worst we've used. Pickup lines or date attempts, ways you've tried to like meet people. Ways I've tried to meet people or other people have tried to meet me. Whichever gives you the worst story. Uh, I, I don't hit on women. Alexis just got this dead-eyed thousand-yard <laughs> stare. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure she's she's got like we might have half a story for this, and she's just got like a checklist. Just oh no, I have, uh, I have a couple pretty embarrassing ones. Oh, oh lord, um, I can't I can't even begin to explain half of this stuff. I don't use pickup lines. Most of mine are just awkward bar meetings. There you go. Like, it's just sitting at the bar, and then somebody starts talking to me, and then they start getting closer and closer. I'm like, you can go now. That's not how uh, that works. It's not like, how that works. He bought you a drink. You must sit there for at least 15 minutes. It's like, hey, what's your name? Not interested? Really? That's a uh-huh. nice name. We should get to know each other. <laughs> I, I don't use. I don't go to bars. I don't use pickup lines. I assume that every woman is either already in a relationship or not interested. Helps me get through life easier. <laughs> okay, so two ones that really embarrass me. Seth, you knew one of these girlfriends. Is the way that I... You remember Jennifer Walter? Walter. Okay. Yeah. The way that I got her... This is so immature. The way that I got her attention, cause she wouldn't talk to anybody. Like when she was... Uh, I think it was she was a sophomore. Yeah, she wouldn't talk to anybody. You know, a couple people, and she was sitting there at a lunch table just eating by herself. And, like, you know, someone said hi, and she would just kind of wave. And finally I was like, all right, that's it. So, like, I began taking paper. This is this is such a douchebag move. Like, I'm embarrassed telling this. So I just began taking the wrapping from my KFC blazer uh, chicken sandwich and, and rolling it into little balls and throwing it at her. And that's believe such- it or not, I know, I know. That is very third grade. But it worked. But- but it worked. That's the thing. It worked. She came over and she was like, "Can I help you with something?" And I was like, 
Yeah, I was like, you know, you don't talk to them. Why don't you come over and sit down? She did. She came over and sat down, and I got her number then. So, hey, I know, I know. I'm a douchebag for that. That's terrible. The other can I, one I did. Can I help all, you with something? Zip. This, all resulted, yeah, this all resulted in one date, but I thought it was kind of smooth. And looking back, it's embarrassing. Is I pretended at the gym once to lose my keys. I knew exactly where they were. You and put them in your pants? Well, <laughs> no, either, hey, maybe, no, but I had them in my book bag and I knew exactly where they were, were. And a girl pretended, well, she didn't pretend. She actually did try to help me find them for about 15 minutes around the mats on the gym. We got to talking and that's how I finally got her number. Work up a good sweat. Time. Yeah, but I mean, I pretend I knew where my keys were. I was just like, oh gosh, I can't find my keys. She's like, I'll help. And like, you know, that's how. It, so there you go. <laughs> I'm a bad person, okay? Right. It's all right. And that's the thing, the throwing, throwing things at a girl. Everyone said that's so douchey, but then it works. We my love favorite, it. Here's my favorite. Alexis, this one. Now, this one is Seth and I were complete douches. <laughs> this is one of my favorite stories about me and Seth in college. There was this girl named Jessica. <laughs> Seth knows exactly <laughs> There's this really pretty girl no, no, no. named Jessica. And she, again, like she was a freshman and she was really shy and she wouldn't talk to anybody. Now, I look back now and I'm like, gosh, we were a couple of douches for this, but she just wouldn't speak to anybody. Like if you said hi to her or something, she'd say hi back, but then she'd kind of shrink away. So I was like, all right, that's it. <laughs> I'm like, OK, just start call I don't know how I don't even know why anyone went along with this. But we just said we're just going to start calling her name out randomly during marching band practice. That seems like a very simple plan, but it was like psychological torture. Like we were marching out of the field and as someone would walk by, and be like, Jessica, and then look away. And she's like, what? <laughs> and, and it just got to a point where like, like by the time it was near the end of rehearsal, like 30 people were participating and yelling her name randomly. The best time was like, there was one point where like 10 of us all at the same time were like, Jessica, Jessica, Jessica. And then she missed something. And the band director gets on in the microphone. Like, Up on the podium, Jessica. yeah. You uh, you, and she just like flips out. Like, oh my god! Why are people yelling? My name? That, that poor girl is probably locked away in an insane asylum somewhere because the tortures of the U University of Kentucky marching band have taken their toll. By the way, that that one totally did not work at all. <laughs> no, I didn't even know you were like trying to hit on her. No, I wasn't trying to hit. On, like, I guess I was, but I was like, she wouldn't talk to like anybody. I'm like, all right. Well, I, I remember your move. Your move, Nick, was you you were a hug bum. That's what you were. What? Like, I remember, like, uh, Kelly Cutslow. I remember you were. Yeah, but you were pursuing that. And for, like, every, for like a week. You would go up to her and then you, you'd make fun of her and then she'd, like, you know, kind of hit you or something. And you go, oh, no, you hate me. You hate me. And then you go, okay, now we hug. Now we hug. So we get to hug. Okay, yeah, that was going on. Yeah. <laughs> I remember I used to I, I used to push Stephanie photos into the lockers <laughs> in college. Just <laughs> like oblivious to anything like that in school, like oblivious <laughs> to it. Somebody did that to me, and I'd brush it off and keep on my business. Like I, nope. Well, she was always making terrible puns and, and jokes and stuff, and she'd you'd just tell me some stupid joke, and I'd look at her and go, "That's it," and I just you know, push her and like she's like ah into the. Locker. One time I put her in a trash can. That was fun. Oh my gosh. What? <laughs> she loved Stephanie it. in a trash can? No, I'm I don't think she. Oh. She loved it. We were, was... we were friends. One thing I liked is there was a, the clarinet lockers were all in the bottom row. 
And like if I saw a clarinet player like like kneeling down, so they were just like kneeling down on their feet, so they didn't have control over their own balance, I would walk uh-huh. over. And, yeah, I'd push them so they tip over and fall down. <laughs> I, okay, Alexis, you probably hate us right now. <laughs> so. No, it's fantastic. Continue. It's in our DNA. Just I'm yeah. learning. I, you know, telling these stories now, I feel like a really bad person. Like, this is the type of stuff now, if I saw going on, I'd be like, what a douche. <laughs> and looking back, I'm like, oh, gosh. Apparently, all the guys I've been talking to are really nice then. I don't remember getting pushed around, so that's always nice. Well, no, no, Seth's the only one who did physical violence. I never it wasn't even violence. It was just, <laughs> it's not like I put her in the hospital missing a few teeth. It was, this was just. <laughs> Moving on to something less, less mortifying. Let's see. I think I had one more question here. Did I? Oh, okay. This is good. This is from Allie. Because I have an answer for this. It says, what is the most messed up a children's TV show has ever left you? Like you watched it and either it made you emotional or it made you scared or it just made you just completely question reality. The children's TV show has has done. I'll do this. I actually had to write an article about it, so I didn't have to. I did. Um, I used to watch Punky Brewster as a kid. Do you guys watch that at all? No, uh, I remember a little bit. Okay, it was a kid show, a very popular kid show. And uh, there was an episode, I remember when I was a kid watching it, where Punky Brewster and her friends got lost in a cave. And, you know, it was kind of creepy because the kid's lost in a cave. And then at the end of the episode, there was a cliffhanger that said, to be continued, and a giant spider jumped out at something. And I remember thinking, like, what? Like, keep in mind, this is not like a fantasy kid. Like, it's a sitcom. Kids show, like, what is going on? So it says, next week on Punky Brewster. And I kid you not, it shows a preview of like a giant spider attacking Punky and like pinning her to the ground. It shows one of the kids' heads decapitated and put into a wall. It shows the skeleton of their dog walking around. Like some of the most messed up stuff you could imagine. And I'm like, I've got to see this. Well, I remember we missed it that week. Like this was back in the 80s, you know, so like if you didn't see TV that week. You couldn't just go watch it on Hulu or Netflix. It was done. (laughs) You missed that episode. And my mom saying, I remember like, I was like, I really wanted to see Punky Brewster. She's like, oh, it's okay. You'll catch up reruns. I never did. I always wondered if I just dreamed that episode. Well, I found the episode years later on YouTube and it is mortifying. It is. I mean, I think the bad effects make it even worse. I mean, it is. And there, it got a lot of complaints for scaring kids really bad. And like, yes, there are giant spiders and, and all her friends die and her dog gets skinned alive. And then it ends up all being a dream, of course. Of course. But it is horrifying. It was a children's TV show. I mean, the 80s, man. Messed up times. Yeah. For me, it was there was an episode of Webster. You remember the show Webster? Was this the one with the uh, the girl in the rocking chair? No, this this was the one where his house caught on fire. Ooh. I remember watching that episode and, and and Webster was like laying in his bed and he started like inhaling smoke or something and started coughing while he was asleep. So I had a nightmare that that night of just like dreaming like my house is on fire and that I was inhaling smoke. Yikes. Not not cool. Not cool, right. Webster. My, <laughs> my fun ends. I've my I've got young kids and we watch um, the Disney Channel a lot and we started watching Phineas and Ferb. Yeah. Um, and just the series itself is just very um, entertaining for adults and kids. I think they try to throw in those adult jokes and, and whatnot. 
but it's like all about imagination and what you can do, like just with stuff around the house and, and getting stuff done. I, there are not a lot of shows like that now, so I got really into it with them and kind of watch it when they're not around. But it's just, um, it's entertaining, and, and I don't see a lot of it anymore. I see, like, freaking Gumball and, and whatever else those shows are where people just make fart jokes and run around in circles. It sounds um, like, like me and Seth. Podcast. Just, yeah. Yeah. It sounds like our podcast. <laughs> yeah, well, it's good to know we're at the top of children's entertainment, Nick. <laughs> our target demographic. But, yeah. Has, has any, like, ever scared you or made you feel like, like, for instance, like, you know, the first ten minutes of Up. Lindsay. Or anything? Nothing? <laughs> no, not really. I don't I don't get really scared by TV shows. I remember my parents forbade me to watch The Simpsons. I love The Simpsons. There was one time I, oh, I had The Simpsons on, and <laughs> my dad came in and was like, this will not be on in our household, that Bart Simpson is a rebellious character. Yeah. I was like, all right, later. Oh, here's one that got to me, and it, it was a, thanks to another Adventures in Poor Taste uh, writer, Mark Pellegrini. He did a top ten scariest. Do you remember? You guys remember the Ghostbusters cartoon? There was uh, Egon had a had a boogeyman that lived in his closet as a kid, and like there were two episodes that dealt with that. All oh, those terrified the heck out of me. <laughs> here's another one. This my parents told me I don't remember this, but like. And, and Seth, I'll just tell you now, you're going to have to beep something out because the only way I can do this is like, I was, you know, my parents had a black and white TV when we first lived somewhere. And like, I really liked Sesame Street. And the first time that I saw Kermit in green when we went to a friend's house, my mom said I just completely flipped my Rubber baby buggy bumpers. I mean, like I saw Kermit in green and I did not know how to handle it. I melted down. I just started crying, peeing. It was <laughs> like I didn't know how to handle a green Kermit. He'd been gray. Forever, I've just never seen that before. <laughs> you never heard the song about it ain't easy being green. I I don't think I'd processed it. You know, I was really little. We're talking like he's like a frog, two years old. I didn't know. <laughs> um, there was another time my mom. I didn't melt down, but my mom took me to see Sesame Street on ice. And I was all excited, and we go. And all these like Sesame Street characters are like you know twenty feet tall, skating around the ice rink. And all the kids are just standing up in their chairs going nuts. And my mom, I'll turn on my camera for this. My mom says that while all these kids are having fun and dancing and having a good time, I just sat there like this for about 30 minutes, just going. Little Damien said, from the Omen. Yeah. And then finally she said after 30 minutes, I just kept looking straight ahead and I went, no. <laughs> She said something about seeing all those characters skate around like that just did not agree with my sensibilities of that. I think I was like three or four. <laughs> so. Yeah, there's a point where you, you, your icons from your youth, you see them degraded in an ice skating rink or something. You're like, <laughs> Lion-O would never do this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Thundercats on ice, I'd go see that. <laughs> Look, Alexis is like, can I go to bed now? <laughs> like, it's totally past my bedtime, guys. Like, look, this look. is the future of what your kids are going to look like, me and Nick. <laughs> oh, God. So, Alexis, did you have fun hearing our... I feel I feel so terrible about my douchebag stories now. I'm like, wow, I'm a terrible human being. <laughs> no, no, Nick. Embrace it. Just remember, there's somebody somewhere who's done things ten times worse. Maybe like Jeffrey Dahmer, otherwise. I feel terrible. <laughs> 
So, Alexis, did you have fun with us here? I had a fantastic time, cool. even listening to your douchebag stories. So, Do you have any advice for how we can be better douchebags? More, no, more douchey? I, I don't. I don't think you need my help at all. Can we be more? Well, we can always be more effective. At backwards, and you know, I don't know. I need a douche effectiveness rating. There will be a form forwarded yeah. later on. We can throw stuff at, at people more. Douche forum. Yeah, I like that. D- douche forum. The, the level of douchiness is always proportionate to the level of hotness as to whether it's okay. You know, the hotter the guy, the more douchiness is acceptable. Yeah, so Seth and I have a very low ceiling we have to yeah. work with. So we got to make so, the most of our douchiness. So if we threw... Right. If we threw that wrapper, we would get a restraining order right now. <laughs> yeah, that's serious. what we would get. Tone it down just a little bit and you'll be fine. Thank You've you. got All right. more wrapper. Well, thrill my you. action figures at you. Thank you everyone for listening. We will uh, we'll have Lauren on next week. Lauren's going to give me hell for those answers, I can tell you right now. But we'll be talking about, you got to appreciate this, uh, horrible server stories. I'll tell you right now, Lauren told me one, and it made Karen scream when she read it. Like, literally scream while she read it. So, horrible stories in the service industry. Well, Karen screams a lot. We know this. You know what? I will hit you. And then I'll throw things at you. I don't mind at all. No, that's like... You just need to stop flirting while I'm still here, okay? Can you wait till I'm gone? You love it, you voyeurism. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you, guys, and I will see you later. When it's time.